welcome everyone back to the Shop Podcast. This is going to be episode number three. It's going to be a fun episode. We've got some different topics topics in mind. I think we're going to start it out with uh, fishing. What do you think? I feel naked. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you explain that? Well, we took the boat in for its service today to get it ready for um, <clears throat> spring fishing. And every time we don't have a boat, I feel naked without a boat. Yeah, I agree with that. And so sure. the baby's gone. Yep. The big baby. The big baby, and I feel naked. Yep. Why don't you uh, just jump right into it? Why don't you explain to our listeners uh, what boat we're rocking? All right. Yeah. So th- this is an upgrade for us. You know, it's funny. Every time when people ask me what, what our rig is, and I tell them, they're like, oh, wow, you know, big money and all that kind of stuff. But what they don't understand is we worked our way up to that. No, I don't think anybody starts out with a big 21-foot rig. No, I, I would agree with that. So what we're currently running is a 2023 um, Express. Um, X, X21 Pro. X21 Pro, 21-foot <clears throat> boat, 200-horsepower uh, Yamaha. Yep, SHO motor. Yeah, I love that motor. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and um, we've got um hummingbird graphs uh front and console 10 10 inch graphs uh down imaging and side imaging and uh mincota raptors for our shallow water acres yeah 10 foot raptors highly recommend 10 foot if you're thinking about raptors yep for or, sure or and anchors we can general. dive off into uh what those actually do and such and we uh rocking the old tracks up front yeah. Game changer. Game love, changer. Love the Ultrex. Love it. And you know, it's been <clears throat> it's been cool to definitely upgrade. Um, because like you said, we didn't start out with a twenty one foot boat. We started out with a seventeen and a half, eighteen foot boat. Well, and before that we started fishing on a pontoon boat and then went to the eighteen foot bass boat. Yeah, and you know, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I want to get into about this, and this is not for a minute us showing off about our boat Mm-mm. by any means. We're talking about fishing mainly this podcast and any type of fishing. Just get out there and fish. Just yeah. get your kids on the water. Teach a kid how to fish. doesn't matter if it's on a bank, in a canoe, on a trout stream, in a kayak, I mean, I have as much fun with Hunter over on the pond at the farm as we do out on the boat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, fishing's fishing. It's two different dynamics, but I, I really enjoy both for sure. Let's uh, let's talk about our old, old boat. Tell the, uh, tell the people about our old boat. Yeah, so let, let's just say, first off, you know, and everybody's got their preferences and their styles. We are, we are 10 boat fishermen. You and a tin boat for for those that, that that's fishing slang. Um, it's an aluminum boat. We we like to run an aluminum boat over fiberglass. Yeah. And and there's strategic reasons to that. Everybody's got their their preferences, but strategically for us, a tin boat works. And so our previous boat was an, a seventeen and a half foot, eighteen foot tracker, bass yep. tracker. Yep. Had you, a little. You can uh, buy those at your local Bass Pro or Cabela's. Yeah. Had the uh, 75 horse Mercury on it. Which is actually an upgrade for that boat. It is. They usually come with 60 horsepowers. And uh, we upgraded from that. We went from that to the uh, Express. And there there were some growing pains. Um, but it's like we were talking about this morning. We were driving, taking the boat over to Advantage Marine. And both of us said, for you know whatever reason, and, and, and I... And I I said to you, I couldn't put my finger on it. Why? Right, right. <clears throat> but our, we, we became better fishermen just by going to a bigger boat. Yeah, and you know, we kind of discussed um, all, along our drive this morning on why we thought that was. And we, you know, we had some different reasons, whether it be we feel more comfortable on the bigger boat because there's more room or the electronics are better or just whatever it is. I know for me specifically, because I drive the boat the most. Like when we're cruising down the lake, I feel more comfortable in the bigger boat. I'm not, you know, worried about hitting waves or taking turns quick or whatever because I know that boat can handle it. So there's definitely a level of feeling more comfortable for me, you know. 
Yeah. As far as a bigger boat goes, but. There's that. We're able to cover more water, and I think that that's a big part of it, too. Big part of it. When, when you can, you know, we, we run up in Stamp Creek and, and be way back up inside Stamp Creek and, and not be having any luck and just say, hey, let's run down to the south side of the lake. And we're not talking about, you know, previously that might have been a 30-minute run. Right. And we can run down to the south side of the lake in 15 minutes. And when you can cover that much water that fast, it makes a difference. It makes a huge, <clears throat> huge difference. And, you know, I, I grew up fishing. I didn't grow up hunting. Hunting it was something I started out later on in life. So my first love, as far as the outdoors, has always been fishing. That was because of my dad. And fishing has changed so much because when my dad in the late 80s, I mean, even when I was one and two years old, he was still heavy tournament fishing in some local BASS attorneys. And he's got so many stories about the boats they would fish in and how it would be easier to take the boat back to where they put in at, trailer it to another ramp on the other end of the lake instead of trying to make that full run down the lake. I, and know? I can't imagine doing that because now we can just we, – we motor up and just – Hammer it. Yeah, hammer down and, yep. and get to where we got to go. Um, yep. But, you know, people talk about the handling of 10 boats and, and you know, the the most people in the industry, most, most bass fishermen believe that 10 boats do not handle as well as a glass boat. That has not been my experience with the new, with the Express. That that sucker, it it handles just as well, if not better, than any glass boat on the lake. Yeah, to me, to me, it does. And like growing up, <clears throat> my dad never had a boat, but my stepdad did, and it was an older. I think it was a '95 Ranger. Now, for the life of me, I think it was a 374 V. I don't remember the length or anything, but and obviously that's an older boat. But I I would agree. You know, I've been in plenty of glass boats and. They ride fine, but I don't know. There's just something about a 10 boat that I love. You know, in last year we fished Santee Cooper, and that <laughs> lake is terrifying, especially when you don't have map cards. So we were kind of navigating it blindly, but Santee Cooper's full of stumps and all kinds of stuff that can destroy your boat. Well, with a 10 boat or an aluminum boat, rather, you knock a hole in it. I mean, it's a big deal, yeah, but... You just take it to a weld shop and get a patch welded on it. Yeah. Whereas a fiberglass boat, that's that's a big problem. You got a problem, yeah. 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 Um, you know, we were talking about <clears throat> techniques and stuff, and and you know, I, I am trying to improve my game. Always. And always. And, you know, a lot of the techniques I want to share. I also want it, it's for folks that out there that maybe haven't bass fished a lot, and they they just want to get on the water and catch fish. I feel like a lot of the techniques we use. Um, would enable a person to do that and and one you know one of the things we learned to do this past year was kind of slow it down a little bit and fish those wacky rigs those sinkos yeah yeah and, and you know i'm going to take blame for not doing that in the past because um, i have my own set of issues that i deal with as far as not being patient and stuff but knock on wood i'm medicated now <clears throat> and i feel like that's helped tremendously because I, I consider myself a power guy as far as fishing wise. Like I'm all about throwing plugs and cranking and always and, moving. And I'm a finesse guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there was times on the old boat where it was difficult to kind of mesh, but now that Hank's medicated, it's been a lot, lot better. Yeah, I would, you know. I but would you believe. know, if you're out there listening to this and, and you know you're thinking about what you want to rig and and I and I always say. Rig multiple things. People, you know, people that don't know laugh at us when they see us out on the lake with ten fishing poles. But there's a reason. Um, you want to be able to just pick up and throw things. Um, but rig yourself up a rig for a wacky rig to be able to fish that. And and I, I listen. I've tried all the brands. Go with the Yamamoto Cinco. Cinco's, without a doubt. You know, we tried the the Yum Dingers and the yeah. Berkeley Generals and. They're good, and you know, and if the Guggen, yeah, the Guggen version, and I can't think of the name of it, but if we're fishing that, if I'm fishing that style of worm, and I've got it wacky rigged, and we'll explain what wacky rigging is. Yeah, I don't know if we can I, visually explain that. Well, and we'll I'll, I'll throw up some pictures on social media okay. to help out some folks, but 
as far as wacky rigging a Cinco style worm, if I'm going to do that, it has to be the OG Yamamoto Cinco. Yeah, they the action of those is just better. And then you, what you want to do is you want to take a, a light spinning setup and you want to spool it with braid. And, and I recommend a high-vis braid. Yep, some bright color. Yep, spool it with braid and then put yourself a 10-foot mono leader. See, I'm a fluoro guy, but that's fine. Yeah, and, and, and listen, that just goes... It's up goes, to you. Yeah, it's up to you. Well, the leader goes to sink rate, you know. Um, so it's a matter of, you know, how fast do you want it to sink? One sinks faster than the other. So um, I prefer the mono leader because of the sink rate. I've, I've tried the fluoro. I, I go back to the mono every time. But And the reason you want that high-vis braid is because sometimes the bite... With those wacky rigs, is very subtle. Very subtle. But what you'll see is the lines start to move in the water. And so to for that to happen, you need that high visibility. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And as far as like the rig itself, a wacky rig, just picture any plastic or rubber worm. You bend it in half and you hook it in the middle. So you have the hook in the middle and basically both ends hanging down towards the ground that, and that's a wacky rig and, you know and I, there's no reason to get into nico rigging and all that because that's you know above a lot of people's heads but it's essentially just as easy as putting on a night crawler or a red wiggler and tossing it out there i mean you don't really have to do anything because the worm itself especially the yamamoto sinkos when they sink they almost flutter yeah. So both ends kind of, I don't want to use the word flop because that's kind of a weird. To me, they, it looks like it flaps. Yeah, they twitch almost as they're sinking. And I've seen YouTube videos where people throw them in pools. And we did a little bit of that over the summer and mess around with some different stuff. And I, I've, I'm a firm believer in the Cinco, the, oh, the yeah. OG Yamamoto Cinco. Rig that sucker weightless. Wacky. Yeah. Rig it weightless. Yeah. And when you're having a slow. When nothing else is working, <clears throat> throw that Cinco in there and see what happens. Just fish it slow and wait on it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, because, I mean, there was that couple days last year when we fished a particular that, – uh, uh, We're not saying where. That creek. It's on Lake Altoona. That creek. It's the best we can do you. The wind was blowing up against it, and we literally caught all our fish on that. Now, and that being said – And strapped our ass. Yeah, we don't tournament fish. We fish for fun. But we go everywhere, go anywhere, you know, straight bass fish. We don't crappy fish. We don't do any of that. Straight bass guys. But that being said, if that all is above your head, there's still nothing that beats going to a friend's pond or a local pond or a local pay lake with a tube of crickets or a, a tub of worms with some Zebco 33s a hook of weight and a bobber and yep. you know because that's the way i was brought up fishing until my dad realized it was time to put a bait caster in my hand at like five but super simple people and i you know even with the fishing industry nowadays i feel like a lot of it is so it's always changing it's always well, advancing that's something we talked about the other day sometimes it almost gives me anxiety <clears throat> I almost get overwhelmed because literally equipment and techniques that we were using three four years ago have already become in the industry outdated yep 100%. and yeah and and people are already doing something different and things continue to change um you know i want to go back to i talked about the line the the mono versus fluoro and and you know a lot of people don't know the difference and 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 when you really get into it knowing which line to tie on does matter Absolutely. Does Absolutely. Mono mono um, floats more. Fluoro has more of a tendency to sink. They, and listen, at the end of the day, they all sink. It's the sink rate you're yes. you're looking at. Yes. Um, I personally, for example, if I'm if I'm throwing a crankbait, I want um, mono because I believe fluoro pulls the lip of the lure down too quickly and affects the action. Some people don't agree with that. Some people want that that fluoro me being one of those you being one of those fluoro 
Uh, does not stretch like mono. Fluoro or bust. <laughs> Fluoro or bust. Yeah. Fluoro does not stretch like mono. So if you're working a lure, you know, say you, you're working a Texas rig or Carolina rig, something you're dragging on the bottom, that fluoro doesn't stretch. You can feel more input through the yeah. line. Yeah. You know, so like for me, if, if I'm pitching a jig, I, I'm tying on fluoro because I can feel everything. Right. You know, it's funny you say that, talking about the line, like growing up, my dad, because he, he was the bass fishing master to me, but he only used mono, never used braid, nothing. Uh, last year, I finally talked him into using braid, and I want to say he might have used it once or twice before he passed away in September. But straight mono his entire life. Yeah. Well, and, and and he and I talked about that some, you know, and and I'm old school about my mono. I I've tried all the brands. I like the the Walmart cheap string and the purple box when I go with mono. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I've tried yeah. the other stuff. I I end up going back to that stuff. My fluoro, I like the the Invisex. Yeah, yeah, Seaguar makes a good product for sure. For sure. Yeah. But it's one of those things too, you know, and I and I want to revert back because I don't want all this to fly over the listeners' heads. If you're getting your kids out fishing, and I'm gonna preface this, you do not need all of this. No. Zebco thirty three or just a spinning reel from Walmart. Just get them out there. Let them experience it. Yeah. Most most of those types of reels and stuff nowadays come with line already on it and if you're going out and catching panfish and bram and you know whatever that's going to be perfectly fine that being said we take it very seriously on our boat we don't have a radio no we why don't, would we listen to music right, while we're fishing we don't drink we don't do nope. any of that punch time clock that's it so let's talk about alatuna for a minute alatuna is a very interesting fishery it is Alatuna. You know, it's it's forever had the the reputation as the Dead Sea, and I would have. So let me back up. Four years ago, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. But and Alatuna is a very inconsistent fishery. Very much so. So you you can go to a spot on Alatuna, and you can absolutely wear them out. And you're like, man, that I'm day. on them that, that day. day, that day. You go back the next day to that same spot. Where'd they go? Yep. And it's funny you say that. I was listening to the Fish North Georgia podcast with Danny. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who he had on interviewing. And that guy said the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, you can go out and fish a Tuesday night pot tournament, whatever, and get lucky and, you know, boat a six-pound largemouth. And catch a limit of spots for tournament wise, whatever. You go out a week from then, you may not catch anything, anything. But that being said, we <clears throat> we do believe that Alatuna is starting to slowly make a change. Yeah. So here's the thing, and and I I pulled it up to go back and look at it. Um, back in 2020, DNR found blueback herring in Lake Altoona. They weren't supposed to be there. Um, God bless the fishermen who released them there. Yeah, thanks, whoever you yeah, are. whoever you are, thank you. Um, but they discovered them in there. And then more recently, I, I believe it was two years ago, the DNR finally legalized the blueback herring as a bait fish on the lake. Yes. Which made sense because what was happening, this is where sometimes the laws and the rules get stupid, is you had um, striper fishermen and crappy fishermen, those guys that live bait fish, and they would go out and they'd throw their cast net to catch bait on the lake, and they would pull in a bunch of blueback herring. Well, by law, you couldn't use blueback herring because it wasn't supposed to be in the lake. So they'd have to throw all those back, even though they were in the lake. Right. It was crazy. Crazy. So but. DNR finally legalized <clears throat> the blueback herring as a bait fish. But the biggest thing the blueback herring did was they they f- have forever changed that fishery. Now, the stropper fishermen will tell you that they changed it changed it for the bad. Right, and in a negative light. But for us bass fishermen, it has changed that fishery in a positive way because it changes the way the bass eat. 
and they, but they also get very big. Yes, they, they do. They they love. I, I don't know what it is about eating that blueback herring, but they grow much larger when they feed on that. Yes, and Alatuna is more or used to be more of a gizzard shad, threadfin shad lake. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what all the bass were targeting. Yep. Uh, in specific times of year, obviously, because bass are going to eat crawfish and other Absolutely. stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm excited that it's making a change. I think it's the next. Three to five years, I think it's going to absolutely light up. And There are some that say that in the next three to five years, it will become the top bass fishing lake in Georgia. Which is, it's going to be interesting. And I would be interested to see if that comes true or not, because there's some, there's some top-notch bass lakes in Georgia. You know, There are. A lot of people rave about Lanier, and I know guys that are super successful on Lanier. But there's also a lot of people who think Lanier's haunted, because... About every week, someone dies on the linear. Well, it probably is. Um, but, you know, the blueback did change it. And, and you know, you know me, mm-hmm. I, I like to follow the reports and the trends. And, and the trend this year was, for the first time ever, the bite didn't die off on Alatuna. Right, during throughout the summer. summer. Yeah. Normally, normally Alatuna is a lake you fish in the, in, in the late winter and spring, and then you get to about May and, and – Good luck. Gets super hot, and yeah. all the fish go super deep, and just and that's it. Yep. But it, this year, the the bite continued through the summer, and that's a change that the blueback has caused. You know, and and one of the things, and I've got on my notes is, is match the hatch. Um, that that's one of the things we we've learned, and and that's a term you'll hear all the time. And, and what does that mean? Match the hatch. Well, when you are throwing choosing lure colors jig colors plastics whatever you need to match the color of what the fish are eating yeah so it you know for example one of the things i will do especially when it comes to rigging plastics is i i um look to see because okay let me back up crawfish change colors throughout the year yep absolutely and so I get on Google and start researching and go, okay, what color are the crawfish right now? And I match the color of my plastics to the crawfish. Yep. And you would do the same thing for when the bass move off the crawfish to whether it be shad or herring or whatever. Right. You know, and we, the, we do the same thing, whether it be plastics or, you know, deep water plugs, shallow plugs, whatever it is, you know, crankbaits. When I say plug, I mean crankbait. Right. So in the case of Alatuna, there was a time when I would, I would, my, my crankbaits and stuff like that would be more the color of a thread thin, thread fin. Yep. Now I'm looking for things that are more blueback herring color. Yep. Absolutely. That, that, that blueback with the, the goldish silver sides and, and that kind of thing. Yep. Man, I'm looking forward to getting the boat back. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to be on the water. Be ready to be on the water. Speaking of the water, what's, let's dive into some goals for this year's you know anglers if you will yeah. what's some of your goals for this year so what do you for want me to accomplish um and again this is where you know we, we talked we talk about equipment changing and technology and what people are throwing glide baits have gotten to be big yes they have i don't currently have a glide bait rig and that's one of the things i want to do this year i want to add a glide glide bait rig um, add some glide baits to my uh, to the inventory arsenal arsenal yeah to the inventory and and throw start throwing some glide baits and, yeah and yeah. i'd like to to catch fish on glide baits yeah and you know i would say as far as my goals this year that's definitely on my goal too um or one of my goals is to get into that because i don't really know a whole lot about it but i mean can't be that hard we'll no, see it's mostly having the equipment because you've pretty much got to have a a rod and reel, just like I, to I handle have, it. Yeah, yeah I, I've some got a rig. Are huge. Yeah, I've got a rig dedicated to jigs, and right. that, that's all I do with it. And yep. and now I'm going to have to dedicate a rig to glide baits. Yep. Are there, are there any lakes other than our home lake Alatuna that you're wanting to peruse? And yeah, Seminole. Yeah, we got a. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. We we're going to do your annual birthday trip to a different lake last year was santee cooper yep this year we're going to go to lake seminole sometime in april or the I, beginning of may i want to make a return to neely henry yeah that was fun that was the hottest i've ever been on a boat when we yeah. were like was it no it was two years ago because two years ago yeah we had water short temp boat. of 89 degrees yeah and it was about 189 degrees on the deck i've never seen water that warm 
yeah, that was it was a fun trip. We learned a lot, but it was hot. It was super, super hot. And and I tell you another mm-hmm. thing I want to do is um I want to catch a smallmouth. I've never caught a smallmouth. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get up to Blue Ridge catch a smallmouth. Yeah, or Chatuge. I yeah. think there's small. There should be smallmouth in Chatuge. Probably. I'd I'd have to research yeah. that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, you know, another one of my goals is I want to focus more on some offshore stuff because we're we're generally shallow water guys. You know, well, I like fishing muddy water. Here's the thing, and 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 it. I don't know. Sometimes things are so obvious, you seem stupid when you don't figure it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, especially when you're two dumb rednecks. We're shallow water fishermen. That's one of the reasons we like a tin boat. Yep. And I would like to get more offshore. And, you know, you see those fish deep. And, and I, how many times have I said to you, man, they're laying down there in 25 feet of water and I can't figure out how to get down to them? Yep. It, because I wasn't smart enough to realize you don't have to get down to them, you have to draw them up. Right. Fish above them, draw them up, and it—I don't know—that the thought. I—I I, I, I'm a late bloomer. I just figured yeah. that out. It's kind of scary, really. <laughs> so just because we're so accustomed to shallow water tactics, you know, and I—and I mean, all in all honesty, we're still getting used to the new boat. Yeah, and and you know that's been a big thing. You know, getting used to the new boat. One of the things with the new boat. And, and, you know, you talk about electronics and all that. <clears throat> this year was the first time ever in my whole life fishing that I saw fish on the graph and went, hey, there's a bass right there, and threw over there and caught the daggum thing. Just imagine if we had forward-facing sonar. Can't wait. Yeah, hopefully that'll be soon for sure. Hoping so. Yep. So forward-facing sonar has been uh, pretty controversial in the bass fishing world, I would say there's a lot of anglers who use it on the pro series, the pro tournaments. There's a lot of anglers who use it in non-pro tournaments, but there's also a lot of anglers who are completely against it because it literally shows you a live feed, a 2D feed of bass and structure, and you can see your bait sinking and see the fish actually go after your bait and all that. And I, I think it's really cool, you know, and if if the pros are using it, I don't think it'll ever, you know, there's been talk about it getting outlawed or whatever, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. But it's been interesting reading up on it and watching videos and listening to podcasts about it because it's like a whole nother realm of fishing because with forward-facing sonar, and I, I don't know how much research you've done into it, if any. Some. But there's specific baits that you use for forward-facing sonar. Well, and, and to me, that's new in the industry. Really, to me, the, the, the specific stuff for the, the forward-facing sonar, I mean, that's, that was the last half of last year coming into now new this year right. is what we're seeing. And I want to say truly that like OG forward-facing sonar, Panoptics, came out in like, 2015 2016 somewhere around in there but it didn't really take off until later you know a couple years later but there's some guys it's funny funny we're talking about that i was listening to another podcast and there's a guy from i think he's from oklahoma his name's josh jones he's not a big tournament guy or anything but he catches some monsters and he's kind of known in the forward-facing sonar world as the pioneer of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But when he got it, he actually was a crappy guy and used it to catch crappy, which is kind of interesting. But he's got it figured out basically, like if he goes out and so he, he runs a guide service now and he teaches people how to use it, but he can identify the type of fish that's on there because he's used it for like the last eight years or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty interesting. Well, I saw a reel this morning on Instagram um, where they were identifying shrimp. Oh, wow. With the forward-facing sonar and learning where to th- – and, and that, so then they knew where to cast net. The, yeah, cast net, yeah. and they were catching shrimp that way. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. So. Yeah, hopefully we'll be adding that uh, here pretty soon. I think that'll be cool to 
learn how to use and stuff and get some of these new baits that are coming out. Yeah, we did get, we've got some new ones. So first off, we, uh, when we dropped a boat off this morning, we made a trip over to one of our favorite fishing stores. Yep. Hammonds. Went to Hammonds. Shout out to Hammonds and, uh, loaded up, loaded up. I say loaded up. Rated, rated their clearance bins. Still don't have enough gear because we never do. Yep, never. Um, you know, it's funny. And, and what, when we, uh, well, we're naked right now, but when we're not naked and we have our boat back, we'll have to, we've been accused of having too much gear by the wives. We'd have to post pictures and get opinions. Yeah. Angler, true anglers would understand. But the but, wives don't. They don't. They don't understand it. That's true. But I have had fellow fishermen say, "Holy shit, that's a lot of stuff." Well, it is what it is. Those who ready. don't know, got to be ready. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we <clears throat> didn't. You just order some forward-facing sonar baits. Yeah, those. Uh, the Credge. Yeah, it's made by Berkeley. Berkeley Credge. Brand new bait. Yep. Yeah, Credge. K R E J. That is jerk spelled backwards. They are. Backwards swimming jerk baits. Where did you order them from? Just out of curiosity. Tiger Warehouse. Okay. Well, that's funny you say that because I'm searching that bait right now on my phone, and it appears that they're out of stock. Everywhere. Yeah, they they were re- real low stock when I ordered them. That's why I jumped on it and got us got them coming to us. Um, they should be here early this next week. Yeah. But um, there there's some really cool videos out there of the action yep. of the Credge. Yep. Um, it, it literally does swim backwards. Yeah. So the, for those of you that know, like what crankbaits and stuff look like with the lips on the front, most of them, you know, they either point down or they're square build or whatever. Well, on the Berkeley Credge, it's kind of interesting. It looks like Sandy said, it's jerk spelled backwards. So it looks like a jerk bait. Um, <clears throat> but the lip on it is interesting. It's very interesting. And the lip on it actually points up instead of down. So when you mm-hmm. cast it out, it's made to like, especially for forward facing sonar, but you cast it out past your target, reel it on either side of the target or through the target, depending on what it is. Well, when you stop reeling, and you have slack line, it flutters backwards and down like a dying bait fish. So that's going to be interesting to interesting to throw. I, I would be interested to take the treble hooks off of it and toss it in the pool and see what it looks like. This man's always wanting to throw freaking lures in the pool. Without hooks. Without hooks. You're yes. welcome. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's what our, our fish in 2024 is looking like, ready to get the boat back, ready to get back on the water and – uh hit some lakes like we said we're looking to go to lake seminole if anybody's got any um waypoints they want to share we'd be more than welcome to tips uh, and tricks test them out for you neither one of us has ever been to seminole but should have some mondo bass in it i believe and that yet yeah, you know i would i would like to get back to neely henry yeah that's a uh that's a fun fishing spot for sure and you know just other lakes around georgia alabama whatever so listen have random but have you ever cut yourself <clears throat> and then just grab super glue loctite and glued to cut yeah absolutely okay. I, carry, I mean i, I just carry super glue in my work car well i was just thinking about that because i'm sitting here i cut my thumb earlier uh, i just instinctively I, I cut it with my pocket knife and i went and grabbed a paper towel and got the bleeding stop best i could but it wouldn't stop so I just reached in the drawer, didn't think anything of it. Reached in the door drawer, grabbed grabbed the super glue and super glued it. I feel and like that's very normal. Olivia called me a redneck. Mm, I feel like it's more of a survivor thing, I but just, just redneck my, maybe. But wanted my thumb to stop bleeding. Right, yeah. And I don't see any issue with that. I bet it burned, but it hell, did we'll, not. We'll get over it didn't that. Burn. It didn't uh, burn. You must not cut it too bad then. I don't know. It didn't burn. Well, but here, here's let's move into the part that I'm terrified about. <laughs> well, I was going there. That's why I said speaking of rednecks. Yeah, I got some true false questions for you, and that's terrifying. I know, I know, but <clears throat> look, you don't just get to you got to explain your answers. I will, and I, I'm 
betting True. I'm betting on one question. I was thinking about this as I was driving back to your house earlier, and I'm betting on one question that's going to get asked, and I'm curious to see if you're going to ask it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. If so, I don't, you can you can bring it up. So true terrifying. or false? Let's get into it. True, true or false? You and the legend Allen used to love to sit and sing Fireflies by Al City <laughs> together. Is that true or false? Oh, that's funny. That is actually true. And I'll explain. Did y'all hold hands? No. And it 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 kind of became a joke after a while. Mm-hmm. But we used to work together back when we were younger, booting cars. Mm-hmm. And looking back on that and what I do now, I don't know how that was ever legal, but it was. It's not anymore where we used to boot cars. But anywho, when we would boot cars, where we would boot them was like a brick lawyer's office building and it was right next to a bar so bar patrons would come and park in this parking lot well the lawyer's office contracted us to boot the cars because they didn't want like to come in monday morning and there'd be like broken glass and puke or you know Mm -hmm. god knows what well Around this parking lot, there was all these giant signs saying, hey, don't park here. You'll be subject to getting your car booted, possibly towed, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, we literally just sat in the office and did nothing. So like during the warm months or whatever, the bar that was beside this place had like this huge back area. And they would have bands and play music and stuff, so that's where that originated from. I mean, I get it. I get never the story. lived it down. I get the story, but that doesn't explain Fireflies by Al City. Well, it is what it is. is that like I, don't, I don't have an answer to it. Y'all's couple's song? Could be. Okay. Well, when we get Alan on the podcast, we need to ask we need to do true or false with him, and that needs to be the first question you ask him. Okay. 100%. <laughs> All right, moving it. on. What, what uh, do you have next? True or false? You and I once had to run from a tornado. Yes, yes, when this you lived true. yeah, this is out true. off 140. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. <clears throat> like, literally, physically, we had to run dead sprint from a tornado. Yes. So, we were, it was bad weather, whatever. The rest of the family was, like, downstairs. Livy was in the basement flapping. Yeah. And I, did she have a motorcycle helmet on? <laughs> she probably did. But so we're standing on standing out on the stoop where you used to cut your fingernails on Tuesdays. Never happened. Never cut my fingernails and on the stoop on, t- on, on any like, day. Diagonally up the street going towards the front of the neighborhood was the neighbor Jeff. Good guy. Mm-hmm. Well. Totally we're wasn't. Like, right. We're like yelling back and forth at him talking. And we hear what sounds like a train coming, which wasn't really all that abnormal because less than a mile away, there was train tracks until we realized that it wasn't a train and it was an actual tornado. And part of the problem was we were looking in the wrong direction and the tornado was coming up from behind us. Which we we couldn't see. So we almost figured it out too late. Yes. But we had to run downstairs. Dead sprint. Yep. Dead sprint. Uh, I, I, I wasn't remember, scared at all. No, I remember looking at you and saying, run! And you said, are you serious? Right. You serious, Clark? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm serious. But yeah, we uh, that will be forever known as the day Sandy and Hank outran a tornado. Yes. I'm, and then it almost I'm, destroyed. I'm, I'm fast, boy. It almost destroyed the back fence. I can remember like the trampoline coming up off the ground. Literally, and, we watched a tornado pass 50 yards off yeah, the back of the house. Yeah. It was wild. The, I can remember specifically the windows like flexing in and out from the pressure. Yep. That was that was pretty cool. Okay, next one. You ready? Yep. Here we go. <laughs> True or false? You once allowed your brother-in-law, Eli, to put a golf tee in your ass, tee up a ball, and hit a drive. <laughs> That's still not the question I was thinking, but yes, that did happen. <laughs> now. That's true. It folks. is, but yeah, you made that sound a lot worse than it actually was. I don't was. know how you can make that sound any worse than it was. <laughs> well, not to get into too much detail, but 
I feel like there needs to be clarification on where the T was. It was in your ass. No, it was in between my butt cheeks. <laughs> there, there's a difference. But we won't get into all that. It did happen. Yes, he hit the golf ball. He's an incredible golfer. Did it hurt? Was I scared? Hell yeah, I was scared. Because all I could think about was his club face hitting me in my right hip. Did it and hurt? it would have probably killed me. No, it didn't hurt. <laughs> no, he didn't hit me with a club. I think there's video of that somewhere. Yeah, that will never be shown. <laughs> Says you. All right, what you got next? I don't know how many of these you have. This, this is all, my last one. Okay, this is all new to me. Right, this is my last one. I don't think I'm going to get the one that you want. All right, well, here's the deal. If you don't, I will bring it up. Okay. And I'm going to ask it true or false to myself. Okay. All right. True or false. You have caught a marshmallow in your mouth that was shot over the top of a house from the backyard. That, yeah, true. That, And I, I still, to this day, think that's got to be a Guinness Book of World Records. Still. So at the same house we outrun the tornado in, we had a marshmallow gun. Always called it a cannon. It wasn't really a cannon. It's like a pump shotgun kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. But you, you load a full-size marshmallow into it and pump it up. It builds air pressure. You squeeze the trigger and, yeah, it shoots marshmallows. So one day we decided we'd see if uh, we could shoot it over the house. Did I shoot it over the house and Eli catch it? You Each one took a turn. Okay. I know one of us did. I couldn't remember who, but yeah, that happened. That's that's real. So what was the one you thought I was okay. going to ask? And this is, I still struggle with this daily. Like, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Like, I still, still, still struggle with this daily. Oh, I know. You know what? I was going to ask this one, and I was like, I am not going to embarrass the man any more than I just did. On the pot, I can ask it. All right. I can ask it. Go ahead. True or false? <laughs> <laughs> you once dumped a bass boat in the middle of the parking lot at the lake. True. Very, <laughs> like, yeah, true. I don't know how, yeah, it happened. I wasn't going to ask it. No, I and I I definitely thought that was going to be your first question. I really did. Yeah, no, it's Because that happened. So here's how it works. When we get to the lake, the boat is stored at my house. So usually when we leave, we have like a, a system that works for us. Yeah. That way it's super efficient, super quick. We can spend more time on the water. We ain't got to decide like who's driving to the lake, who's driving the boat, blah, 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 all that. We hook up the boat, our old boat. Let me preface that, our old boat. Yeah, not the current rig. Not the current one. The old boat. We go to a boat ramp on Altoona that we've never been to before. No. That was the first and last time I ever put in a boat in the water at that boat ramp, and it'll be the last time I ever do that ever again. We get there, and the boat ramp is basically a 90-degree angle. You have to make a very sharp turn when you're backing to get the boat at the right angle to get down the ramp. So we get there. We unhook the rear straps, put the plug in, do all that good stuff. For whatever reason, this one time, I unhooked the front of the boat from the you trailer. Did. Now, let me just say, while this is occurring, I am in the boat, and I am making all the preparations for when we get in the water. I'm turning turning the batteries on, powering up. Yep. Turn, trimming the motor up. Trimming the thank motor God up. You did. Thank God I trimmed the motor up. Trimming the motor up. Uh, getting the graphs turned on, getting everything ready to go, so that when we hit the water, I hit the freaking switch, and we're gone. Boom, gone. So get all that done. You hop in the boat. I'm backing the, the boat back down towards the water. Now, let me just say, I had no idea you had unhooked the front of the boat. Yes, and that's there again. My And I take – I'm one of my favorite authors – is Jocko Willink. He's a Navy SEAL. He wrote a book called Extreme Ownership, and I bought into that tenfold. This was all my fault. All my fault. There was nothing that could fix it other than me not being stupid. Anywho, back the boat down. Don't really like the angle it's at, so try it again. Still not where I like it. So at this point, I'm frustrated. This was before I was medicated. Fact. So I'm super frustrated. 
Sandy's sitting in the boat, has his life jacket on. I put my park and drive, put my truck in drive, and I don't want to say I hammered it because I don't, I don't feel like I hammered it. You it know? Felt like to me you hammered it. Well, yeah, I'm sure it did, but didn't feel like me. I hammered it. Put my truck in drive, hit the gas, and all of a sudden I hear this crazy loud commotion, and I'm like, oh my god, what is that? And I kid you not, I look out my window, and our boat is off the trailer in the parking lot with Sandy in it. <laughs> I rode that sucker. Rode it from the trailer to the ground. Yeah, J.B. Mooney ain't got nothing on that. Right, that thing reared up, and I was hard, whoa, 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 whoa. And we didn't whoa. Mm-mm. And that sucker slammed to the ground when we on. It was a rough landing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but thank God it was an aluminum boat, a tin boat. Yes. Here's the bad part. There was other people at the ramp that watched this happen. And you were super embarrassed. And I was super pissed. That too. Like, threw my hat. Like, I was so mad. But, those, you know, here, here's what's cool about the fishing community. Everybody helps everybody. Last year, we were fishing a, a small reservoir in North Georgia, cruising by a guy because it's a no-wake lake, can't get out of idle pretty much. And uh, he ran out of gas. We towed him back, no questions asked. Not a big deal. Threw him a rope, pulled him in. Absolutely. These guys, like, came over running, checked on us, made sure everybody's okay, realized it was an aluminum boat, and they're like, hey, no big deal. Probably didn't even hurt it. It didn't – we didn't even – I think we made – put one small scratch in the boat. Right, yeah. Because the motor was trimmed up, so the motor yes. didn't hit. Yes, but we literally – all of us lifted the front of the boat up, got it mostly on the trailer, and then just backed the trailer back up under Hooked it. Hooked the winch. Yep. Pulled it back up there. I straightened her on out. We put it in the water and fished the rest of the day. But I still, like, have nightmares about that. <laughs> well, and see, I was going to be nice. I wasn't terrifying. asking it. No, hey, absolutely. I wasn't asking it. We all have our shortfalls. Yeah. We all have our shortfalls. Speaking of. That happened, though. Yeah. That's, that's legit. That is a true, real, like, happened story. Speaking of short. So I got called out. <clears throat> by someone who shall remain nameless on episode one after episode one because i referred to my wife as a yankee because she is right yeah and then our niece oh who's yeah. also a yankee Speak, yeah short i understand that. right who's also a yankee <laughs> decided to to jump to the wife's defense and and call me out a little bit and um so she, like, so here's the thing. She's like four foot six. Maybe on a good day. So what's she going to do? Bite my ankles? Right. Come on. Come at me, girl. I'm going to let you talk all this smack. Well, I, you know what? I, I said I'm not going to call her name. We'll use a code name for her instead. We'll just call, for the sake of the podcast, we'll call her Sydney. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that, so the, just yeah, for the, for for the, these purposes, but girl, what are you going to do? Kick me in the shin? You might be surprised come April. Bite my ankles? You might be surprised. I ain't scared of her. You might be surprised. I ain't scared of she her. She was raised by a Marine. She was raised by a Marine, but she's gotten soft since then. And... <laughs> She's like four foot two. Yeah. I mean, she is short, but love her to death. Oh, yeah. Love her to but you're going to call me out. Right. Yeah, you got to be ready. Shots fired. Tiny person. <laughs> tiny person. That's funny. Talk. You know, let's talk about tiny people. Let's talk about the other side of the spectrum. They weren't tiny. They were 10 foot tall. Who? The aliens. What aliens? So, January 5th. I don't know if you saw it. Aliens invaded a mall in Miami, and law enforcement covered it up. Yeah, good for them. That's what they're supposed to do. Bayside Marketplace Shopping Center. They, We're they, probably going to get flagged. It's probably so. The, no, so there's this call. You can go look it up. Call goes out to the police. Allegedly, four teenagers are in a fight <clears> in the mall, <throat> and it took the entire Miami Police Department to roll up to stop this. 
and they get there and there's pandemonium and people are panicking and running everywhere because it wasn't a fight. It was an alien invasion. Where are the aliens at now? Back on their spaceships. Hmm. Shadow aliens, 10 foot shadow aliens. What does that even mean? Look it up. How do you, I don't understand that concept though. Aliens. I, I get the alien concept. People were panicked. But the shadow aliens. Well, I, because who who like, decided who who decided to call them shadow the, aliens? The people on the internet. Oh, so we're just believing them now? Yeah. They oh, okay. Li- well, as long as we're on the same page, I, you know. Ten foot aliens in the mall. Hmm. And people were panicked and running everywhere. You know where I'm running? You know where I'm running? Nowhere. Yes, I am. No, you got yes. a fake knee. You ain't running. By God, no. if no, if, hang on. Let's put a pin in that. You all, you say all the time. Oh, the doctor said I ain't allowed to run no well, more. You're right. The doctor did say that, but I'm running from Bagum Aliens nowhere. straight to Chick Fil A. What? Straight to Chick Fil A. Probably a Sunday, and they'd be closed. That, that, listen, aliens are not going in the Lord's restaurant. They might. They, they got good mac and cheese, but they, aliens aren't going in Chick Fil A. <clears throat> That's interesting. I, you know, I don't. We talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you didn't believe it? Olivia no, and I did. I still don't. It's a cover-up by you people. What would be the purpose of that, though? Of aliens? No, of covering that up. Why would we cover that up? So there's no panic. We as in law enforcement. So there's no panic. Okay. Let me, there, uh, more, let, me no put, more, let me put it to you no like this. No more panic than there was. Let me put it to you like this, though. Yeah. Let's say you're responding to a fight. Mm-hmm. Of four people, mm-hmm. allegedly, and you're gonna roll I, I th- up two hundred police. Cars. I think there was way more than you're gonna four roll people. up two hundred police cars because four people got in a fight. I can assure you that they were dispatched to something else other than just four people fighting. Right, aliens. No, there's no. video of the sh- of the aliens. No, not clear video. Of course, not clear. Right. Have you ever seen clear video of Bigfoot? No, you know what? Speaking of, you know what I have seen clear video of? What? The flag blowing in the wind on the moon, which is a joke. It's not. That never happened. Well, it did. I don't understand how you can believe in aliens and also believe in the moon landing. Well, literally that makes perfect sense. No, you've been hoodwinked. Because you, you know what we are... You have been hoodwinked no, you know your what, entire life. You know what we were on the moon? Hoodwinked. Okay. We weren't on the moon. That was in Arizona in the desert somewhere. In Do you realize once we landed on the moon? Hangar. You know, like once we landed on the moon, you know what that was? That was aliens on the moon. We were the aliens on the moon. Okay, I got another question for you, Mr. Alien Wiz. When we allegedly landed on the moon, right? We we had radio contact. Yeah. Correct? Yep. And you've heard it. Oh, yeah. Okay. How come when I'm clearing a building, I have no radio service to radio dispatch who's five miles down the road, but we can mysteriously talk to somebody a light year away? Because y'all don't use HF radios. We use UHF radios. Right. Wrong one. HF travels the distance. No. Stop. Stop. No. There's no such thing as aliens. That never happened. It did. No. And we never landed on the moon. We did. Period. We did. No. Well, that's why didn't we go off the rails? Well, you know, sometimes it's got to happen. That's like everybody wishing there was snow in Georgia this year. Never happened. It's, it's not going to happen, people. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was. I Meteorologists t- hoodwink people all the time. Speaking David, of hoodwink. David Chanley is an idiot. Can I say that? I don't care. He might, he, but I he's don't. He's wrong all the time. Never right. <clears throat> Never right. And I explained that, so Olivia and I were talking about it this morning, and so my dad used to always tell me, for it to snow in Georgia, the moisture has got to come up from the Gulf of Mexico. If you see a system moving out of the Gulf of of Mexico, either from through Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, that way, or even just Mm -hmm. up from the Florida Panhandle area, if it's cold enough during the winter and you see the system move up from there, it will snow. Hmm. But when these systems come in and are moving from <clears throat> north to south, north to south, 
it's not going to snow. This last system we had, when everybody got all excited and everybody canceled all the schools because, by God, it's going to snow, it moved from north to south. And as soon as I saw that coming, I was like, it's not going to snow, people. It's yeah, not. Just rain. It's not. Olivia can flush all the ice down the toilet she wants. <laughs> it's not going to snow. Just rain. Just rain. And she, if she did do that, she wouldn't tell me. She does it. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. She also let Hunter put a some kind of coin down our uh, bathtub drain and waited about a month to tell me that. So <laughs> I'm sure that's going to clog our uh, septic up at some point. But. I hope it doesn't. I'm not coming to help. But, yeah, you know, I, I wish it would sometimes snow in Georgia. But at the same time, I'm glad it doesn't. Well, I, listen, Because I, it's a nightmare. Beca- because... When you're a man in a household, snowstorms, ice storms, bad weather, any of that is no fun. Listen, it's nothing but work. Did I ever tell you about the time it snowed here and this idiot showed up in a two-wheel drive <coughs> Silverado and I had to hook a chain to him and pull him up, up my driveway? At least I showed, though. That's right. It was you. At least I showed. It was you. Stuck, Got stuck in my driveway in the snow and I had to hook it it's a good thing I've got a good truck. Yeah, that won't ever happen again. I can assure you that. So you'd rather set your truck on fire than have me pull it up the driveway. Well, and now I would pull yours across the state of Georgia. So. Bullshit. You got bald tires, homie. I do need new tires. <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay, what do you, do you okay, let's what do you want? Ford facing sonar or tires on my truck? No, you can drive my truck. I'm on FFS. There you go. Yeah, Enough absolutely. said. Enough All right. said. Moving on. Some more interesting another interesting topic is 2023 college football. Bullshit. It has been very interesting. Cheaters cheated and got caught. And here's the deal. Both of us, our whole family, other than your Yankee wife, are huge, huge, huge Georgia Bulldogs fans. Now, I'm going to preface that by saying we support them through all the things that have negatively happened. I, listen, All the things that have positively happened, right? Because you know, there's there's a um, large contingent of Georgians mm-hmm. that that are kind of your age and a little bit older that jumped on different bandwagons back during Georgia's dark days under yeah, Ray Golf. Yeah, absolutely. Joy Dean, Tennessee bandwagon fan. He ain't got nothing to do with Tennessee. Allen, Allen ain't got the first thing to do with Tennessee, yeah. but he, same thing. Tennessee was good. T Martin. So they jumped on that bandwagon. <laughs> we have not ever strayed from our dogs, but that said, and I'm going to put it out there and people can agree. They can disagree. I don't care what y'all think. Michigan cheated and they do not deserve to be the national champions. I will die on that hill. And I will too. I will die on that hill. And I, I say don't that respect because it. you know I, way more about football than me. I don't but. respect – I had a dadgum Wisconsin fan call me out on it because he was so desperate to for the Big Ten to win anything and his team's in the Big Ten. He called me out and said, well, you can't say Michigan cheated. No, I am saying Michigan cheated. It's yeah, a big deal. There's literally proof of it. They, they didn't do what everybody else does. I, I'm tired of that yeah. argument. Everybody else is not doing what they did. They took it to a whole new level. Michigan cheated. They're dirty. Jim Harbaugh's dirty. That whole program's dirty. All their players are dirty. I don't care. Boom. Said. That's period. it. End of story. Period. Y'all come at me. I don't care. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Cheaters. No, I, I would agree. I would agree. You know what's funny is to me, like, obviously Michigan fans are celebrating now and all that, blah, 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 blah. But what's going to be really funny is when the NCAA takes that nice little trophy back from And them. I think they will. I think they'll vacate. Yeah. End up having I think, to vacate they will. I think they'll have to vacate the entire season. J.J. McCarthy, cheater. Blake Corum, cheater. Jim Harbaugh, cheater and i don't care what anybody says and i don't care who i make mad with that they're cheaters they took it to a whole new level and you know the thing is and i coached for a long time when you know what what another team's running specifically what they're running don't give me that bs of well you still got to stop it it's a as a defensive coordinator and i was one for a long time if by god if i know they're running the football i will stop it (laughs) right yeah 
There ain't no guy to stop it. I will stop it because I know what's coming. It makes a difference. And you increase the the risk of injury to the players on the other team when you know for a fact this guy's going to be here and I get to knock his block off. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I get fired up about it, daggum cheaters. Yeah, 2023 was an interesting year for football. I I hope J.J. McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh and Quorum and the rest of them listen to this podcast. You guys are all cheaters. You're not America's team. America's not built on cheating. Nope. So all that garbage that your head coach spewed, it's not true. We don't back you. We don't back cheaters. You're dirty. Yep. I would agree with that. That's how I feel about that. 2023 was an interesting season for football for sure. Yeah. For sure. The best team in football. Played in the Orange Bowl. Facts. But but they didn't want us in it, so we didn't get invited to the four-team invitational, but that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. We ain't going nowhere. Nah, nah. And uh, Alabama's pretty much done. I hope so. You know, and, and you, you know, you got you to gotta respect what Saban did. Oh, 100%. He's 100%. the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Yeah. I posted on Facebook when he retired. Daddy retired. He's the goat. But it's time well, for some new it, blood. You know, and to me, it speaks volumes that because I want to say it was it last night when we were talking about the transfer portal and how it's closed. But when a head coach quits, they have like a thirty day. Yes. Whatever. It's, it's not fair. It's not fair to that team. I think it speaks volumes though about Alabama football and Coach Saban retiring. And then everybody else jumping ship. Yeah. You know, to me that speaks volumes. And it speaks volumes to me in a good way. And like you said, it, it isn't fair. It's not fair at all because they're not going to be able to recruit. It's just going to be bad all around for them. But it shows you the respect that the players had for Daddy Saban. And, yep. They went there to you know, play for Saban. Absolutely. They didn't go there for Alabama. Kid, you know, just like now, kids come to Georgia to play for Kirby. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. And and you back know, when kids used to go to Tennessee to play for Philip Fulmer. <laughs> what a joke! I I have tried to explain, and 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 people, I've had Tennessee fans argue with me about this. Mm-hmm. Tennessee struggles to recruit because Knoxville's a shithole. Well, yeah. And nobody wants to go live there. Nope. Nobody. Athens. It's a really nice town. A lot mm-hmm. of things to do. Okay. Nobody wants to go to Knoxville, Tennessee to live. <laughs> nope. And I would agree. And not only that, who wants to wear that ugly ass orange? Right. And they see, don't even want to wear it. Most of the, the time they checkered, wear some kind of alternative uniform because they don't even want to wear right, it. Right. And the ugly checkered uh, end zones and that. Nasty little mud of a dog well, they have. They and they have to have checkered Amazons. They can't spell Tennessee. You know that's a good point. I've never thought about that, but yep. you're right. What they ain't got, what are they gonna do? Right. What are yeah. they gonna do? It's a good point. Good point. Yeah. So, uh, 2023 was an interesting year for football. I'm looking forward to 2024 season. You know, we got baseball about to start up in February. Yeah. You know, I tried to look the other day to see when pitchers and catchers report, but apparently the date hasn't been exactly decided yet. I did read that. I was talking to a buddy of mine at work. He runs – him and another guy that he's friends with, they do a podcast. And it's actually a really good podcast. It's called Late to Work Sports, and it's all about sports. And it's a good program. If you're out there and you, you just want a podcast just for sports, I, I'm going to pitch that. Not because the guy works with me and I consider him a good buddy of mine, but it's a good sports-related podcast. They talk about all kinds of stuff on their sports-related but we were talking about that because he's a big baseball guy. And, uh, yeah, so I guess the dates haven't really been no, I set in stone yet. Out there. Sometime around the 14th or 15th, I yeah. believe. Yeah, it's February. usually in the middle of February. Yeah. So, But I'm looking forward to baseball season. Yeah, me too. So, sports I, in general. We are taking Hunter to a Braves game this yes. year is what I was told. Yeah, so yeah we fun. are. That's on my to-do list for sure, uh, along with getting him out on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a little pushback on that today. Oh, you did? A little bit. From my wife? Mm-hmm. What'd she say? It gives her anxiety, the thought of it. Well, she's got emergency medication for that. <laughs> She'll be all right. She'll be all right. We just got to get the little guy a uh, life jacket. Yeah. So, not a big deal, though. 
But yeah, so uh, I think that pretty much covers all our topics for this episode, episode number three. Um, yeah, what are we going to talk about for episode four? You know, it's funny you say that. We haven't really discussed it at all. We, you know, we'll have, should be heading into the Super Bowl, so I'm sure that'll be a topic. Yeah, we can talk about Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, you know, I, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up before we sign off, we need to give a shout out to Seth and Jessica. Yes. Because they're who, they are who provides our music. You want to? Yes, the shade trees. So Seth is my stepbrother. Uh, super, super talented musician. And uh, his girlfriend, Jessica, another super talented musician. He plays the guitar, the mandolin. She plays, I think, the guitar, the mandolin, the fiddle. I think one of them plays the upright bass. But that's our intro and outro music. Uh, so big shout out to them for allowing us to use that music. You can find their music where? Spotify? Is it on Spotify? I think it's on Spotify. We, we Okay, we yeah. need to add links to the Shade Trees on our link tree. Yes, we do. Make sure we get their proper shout outs because yep. they do allow us to use their yep. music. Yep. Um, when you're doing a, doing something like this, you do have to make sure you're licensed and allowed to use the music and stuff yep. that you use. So yep. we, got a, we got the permission from them to do it. Yep, and I actually talked to Seth uh, Monday, I think, because they live in uh, Lookout Mountain. And it was like super cold, snowy, ice, like whole nine. Um, but he actually asked me how the podcast was going, and all that, and they're looking forward to coming down here and hopping on it with us. And yeah, and if you're a bluegrass fan, you absolutely yeah, got to give them a listen. Yeah, it's jam up. And jam and again, up. we need that social media feedback from you people. We're not getting a whole <laughs> lot. Need need your yeah, questions, we'll see a lot of comments. People, see a lot of people liking our pages, but they're we need more listeners and more feedback. We need yeah. questions, comments. Give us some yep. feedback. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram at the Shop Podcast twenty twenty three. We're on Facebook at the Shop Podcast. Uh, I think our email is attached on there. Check out our link tree on Instagram. Gives you our um, gives you our Spotify page for mu- or music. Gives you your Spotify page for the podcast, Apple Music for podcast, and. Uh, We'll throw some more links up there. Get a link to one of our favorite bourbons on there. Yeah. Stuff like that. So well, we greatly appreciate y'all listening. It means a lot to us. We appreciate Absolutely. Uh, the time we're able to spend talking about this and doing it. It's kind of been interesting learning how to do it, how to, you know, set up everything properly. And I don't know. Hearing myself is still kind of weird, but I'm getting used to it now. Getting a little better, yeah. Yep. So cool. We appreciate y'all listening and uh We'll see y'all next time. Bye, y'all.